1: Hello, everyone. We're back in the book of 2 Kings today. We're going to be looking at chapter 6 and seeing a couple of interesting things here. Um, first off, um, uh, in verse 1, uh, apparently you've got some of his students, they call him now the sons of the prophets, said to Elisha, um, see the place where we dwell. Under your charge is too small for us. Let us go to the Jordan and each of us there get a log and make a place for us to dwell. In other words, we need a bigger place. So he answered, Go. And then one of them said, Be pleased to go with your servants. They wanted him to go with them. So he says, Okay, I'll go. Verse 4 So he went with them and they came to the Jordan. They were cutting down trees, but as one was cutting down a log, his axe head fell into the water and he cried out, Alas, my master, it was borrowed. And then the man of God said, this is Elisha said, where did it fall? And he showed him the place. So basically, the axe head, the iron head of the axe, flew off and is now at the bottom of the Jordan River. (laughs) They're not going to be able to get it. So Elisha, he cut off a stick, threw it in there, and made the iron float, and he said, take it up. And so he reached out his hand and he took it. So, Elisha just made an iron axe head float. McGee says, that's a big deal. That's a big miracle, just as big a miracle as anything else. And in many ways, this sort of is a metaphor, too. We're like the axe head. We're fallen. We're fallen. We're lost. In the bottom of the Jordan, we're dead to sin, underwater in death. But like this axe head, as it comes back, we are resurrected. We are raised from the water. We're raised from the dead. We were lost, and now we're found through Christ. He can make us float again, even though we're dead in sin. So, uh, a strong metaphor of... How we are like this iron axe head lost to all. Verse 8. Once when the king of Syria, it's like now we're changing timelines here. The king of Syria was warring against Israel. So the Assyrians are coming in against the northern kingdom. And he took counsel with his servants saying, "At such and such a place shall be my camp. But the man of God sent word to the king of Israel. Now this is, the king is... Jehoram he's a king he's not a very good king my study bible says he probably warned him cuz he he knew it wasn't yet Israel's time to go into captivity but so he warns the king of Israel beware that you do not pass this place for the Syrians are going to going down there and the king of Israel sent to the place about which the man of god told him Thus, he used to warn him so that he saved himself there more than once or twice. Okay, so Elisha is keeping the king of Israel, King Jehoram, out of trouble. Because he's not a very good king. He doesn't know what else to do. Verse 11, and the mind of the king of Syria was greatly troubled because of this thing. You know, because I can't find this king. I can't get this king. And he called his servants, and he said to them, Will you not show me who of us is for the king of Israel? In other words, who's telling the king of Israel what I'm thinking? You know, I'm trying to capture him. And one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king. But Elisha, the prophet, who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. Okay. In other words, this prophet knows everything, and he's telling him, and he said, "This is the king of, you know, uh, Syria." Said, "Go and see where he is; that I may send and seize him." <clears throat> so, in this regard, the um, Syrian king is is like delusional, like. He thinks he can just go and and seize Elisha. Elisha's the one that's been uh, predicting every single thing. You know, God's been telling him whatever his every move is. But in any event, um, it was told him, behold, he's in Dothan. So he sent horses and chariots and a great army, and they came by night and surrounded the city. Verse 15, when the servant of the man of God, this is, the man of God is always referred to as Elisha, um, when, the, when the servant of the man of God arose early in the morning, he went out and behold, an army with horses and chariots was all around the city. And the servant said, Alas, my master, what shall we do? And he said, Do not be afraid. For those who are with us, Are more than those who are with them. Then Elisha prayed. And said, O Lord, please open the eyes that he may see. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man. And he saw. And behold. The mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. And when the Syrians came down against him, Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, Please strike these people with blindness. So he struck them with blindness and according to the prayer of Elisha. And Elisha said to them, This is not the the way and this is not the city. Follow me and I will bring you to the man whom you seek. And he led them to Samaria. Okay, so... In my study Bible says they're probably not totally blind, but they're sort of dumbfounded, you know, because they're going to follow him. If they're totally blind, they couldn't even walk, you know, they couldn't follow him. But they're susceptible to his suggestions. So they're kind of dumbfounded. They're perplexed. They're bedazzled. Verse 29, as soon as they entered Samaria, Elisha said, O Lord, open the eyes of these men that they may see. So the Lord opened their eyes, and they saw, and behold, they were in the midst of Samaria. And as soon as the king of Israel saw them, he said to Elisha, My father, shall I strike them down? Shall I strike them down? In other words, he led them right to the king, Jehoram the king of Israel, of the northern kingdom, delivered this great army into his hands. Do we kill them or not? He said, You shall not strike them down. Would you strike down those whom you've taken captive with your sword and your bow? Set bread and water before them, that they may eat and drink and go to their master. So he prepared for them a great feast, and when they had eaten and drunk, he sent them away, and they went to their master. And the Syrians did not come again on raids into the land of Israel. In other words, they didn't they didn't kill him at all. They didn't fight. And they sent him away. Now, afterwards, verse 24, Ben-hadad, king of Syria, mustered his entire army and went up and besieged Samaria. Now, here we go again, another attempt to try to, you know, take over Samaria. I mean, this is like a two-year siege of the northern kingdom by Assyria. And remember, Elijah's not doing this because Israel's right with God. I mean, the northern kingdom is not even right with God, and Jehoram is not a good king. But in any event, uh, he's protected the king many times so far. And there was a great famine in Samaria, this is verse 25, as they besieged it, until a donkey's head was sold for a whole bunch of money, something that they would not ordinarily eat. Now they're eating heads of donkeys. Verse 26, now as the king of Israel, this is Jehoram again, this bad king, was passing by on the wall. In other words, he's standing up on the wall looking over the people. A woman cried out to him saying, help my lord, O king, and he said, If the Lord will not help you, how shall I help you? In other words, he's sort of blaming the woman from the threshing floor or from the wine press. In other words, there's no food. There's no food coming in from the threshing floor, from the grain. There's no food coming in from the wine press. If the Lord's not going to help us, what can I do for you? The king and the king answers her, what is your trouble? She answered, now this is terrible, so depressing. She said, this woman said to me, give your son that we may eat him today, and we will eat my son tomorrow. I mean, they are they have no food. And so this is terrible. They're resorting to cannibalism. So we boiled my son and ate him. And on the next day, I said to her, give your son that we may eat him. Okay, so it's, a, in other words, Probably boiling her child was too much for this woman to do. So, the woman, another woman said, you give me your son and I'll do the dirty work, you know, because I know it's too much for you. And then I'll give you my son and you can do the same. It's, you know, we're having to trust each other so that at least we can both live. But on the next day, When the first woman said, give me your son, but she had hidden her son. When the king heard the words of the woman, he tore his clothes. What a terrible thing. Because the first woman tricked the the woman in giving up her son. The other woman ate it. And now she hid her son. He tore his clothes. Now he was passing by on the wall, and the people looked, and behold, he had sackcloth beneath on his body. In other words, he was in terrible mourning. And he said, May God do to me. And more also, if the head of Elisha, the son of Shapheth, remains on his shoulders today. In other words, he's saying it's probably because of Elisha. He's trying to blame it on somebody else. He doesn't blame it on himself. On his own lack of faith, leading the nation of Israel away from God's word. He doesn't blame himself for being such a bad king. He's now blaming it on Elisha. Like he says, I'm the, the only solution to this is to cut off the head of Elisha. Now, verse 32, Elisha was sitting in his house. The elders were sitting with him. Now the king had dispatched a man from his presence. But before the messenger had arrived, in other words, the messenger is coming, going to demand Elisha come to the king, and that's why he's going to behead him there. And Elisha said to the elders, do you see how this murderer has sent to take off my head? He already knows. Look, when the messenger comes, shut the door and hold the door fast against him. Is not the sound of his master's feet behind him? In other words, Right behind this messenger is going to be the king, and he's going to be coming from from my head. Don't let him in. The messenger came down to him and said, "This trouble is from the Lord. Why shall I wait for the Lord any longer?" So we're going to stop here, and we will see what happens how Elisha deals with this messenger who's coming from the king to try to take off his head. So, we'll stop here. We'll um, Today's Friday. No, wait a minute. Yeah, today is Friday. So, that means we'll take a break for the weekend and we'll start up Monday at uh, chapter 7 in 2 Kings. So, as always, for me to all of you, God bless you. Keep your hearts centered on Christ on this great spiritual battlefield. We'll see you next time tomorrow. And as always, our prayers go up for sweet Emma and sweet Jean. And also, our prayers go up for Matali as she's recovering and traveling, and Audrey with her as well. God bless you all. We'll see you here next time.